Spoilers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the podcast where we watch all these classic Disney animated movies for you because we like you and you're pretty you're pretty special because you keep and listening to us. And you like to, to listen us. to us. I Yay. know. They listen to... <laughs> TC, did you know these people pay us to listen? They don't... They pay... Well, I know. I didn't know about this. You, you know what, Jeff? You, I am coming over there what? with my shovels, no. and I'm digging up whatever gold you might have from no. this podcast. It will be mine. Mine you, for the taking. You savage. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jeff. That's TC. Thank you also Hello. for our two-man play portrayal of Pocahontas, the movie that we watched <laughs> this week from 1995. 1995. Pocahontas. Man oh, It was um, a movie. It was a movie. It was a movie, and uh, TC, I told you this off, off mic, and mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay it out. I, TC, I want to <laughs> lay it this off, out right Do off it, the Jeff. bat, so that way if people can jump on the I hate Jeff bandwagon right now, they can do it. I did yeah, they don't not. Have to wait. Yeah, don't wait till the end. Just don't wait. I mean, yeah, yeah. come on, yeah. that'd be silly. I did not like this movie. Really? What? <laughs> now, had you seen had you seen this movie before? Uh, so, okay, I remember while watching it, I had remembered that we watched this movie one time in school, mm-hmm. and I because it's because it's very historically accurate. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty positive the teacher actually spent like an hour and a half after we finished the movie explaining how <laughs> historically inaccurate this movie actually is. <laughs> but no, I, I did. I, I I know that I have seen this movie once. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you what happened in it, except for the song "Color of the Wind," but right. good song. Colors good song. of the Wind, which oh man, I am not okay. Okay, okay. Let's again. Let's continue laying it out on the table, everybody. When yeah, that yeah. song played, also we're just getting right into it. I hope nobody minds how fast this is happening. Let's do uh, this. Let's do this. <laughs> but when that song happened, as much as I was just kind of like, eh, all right. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Poke. Okay. Whatever. I don't care. As much as that happened, as I as I was feeling, colors of the wind started. I legitimately got emotional. It's a, that is a really incredible song, and that's, I don't. And even the animation on it, the the design of uh, or like the, yeah, that's it's it's a, it's a very good song. It's a very good song, and I I, and then it ended, and I was like, oh, okay, that's right. We're ba- okay. We're in this movie. <laughs> We're we? back into this. <laughs> no, well, so this I'm is, sorry. This I just had to tell uh, everybody that. I had to tell. No, that. you know what? Please. This is um, the of the of the Disneyfication of a lot of the fairy tales and literature we've seen. It's definitely one of those. This is a complete reimagining of Pocahontas because Pocahontas in real life was, I think, twelve. Um, <laughs> well, she wasn't. She, in, she wasn't in her early twenties like this movie makes her out to she's, be. She's eighteen. She's eighteen. Right. She's, um, she's always eighteen. All of them are eighteen, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and and this doesn't follow. This doesn't follow a lot of the standard Disney. Like even the ending is much different than. Uh, what what's to be expected? There's no happy ending on this one. Right. They go their separate ways. They go their and and honestly, that is probably the only thing that was the actual truth. I feel like that that happened with the real Pocahontas <laughs> was the fact that she didn't go with John Smith back to England. You know, I mean, she does she or she did she does she did in real life go back or not or she did not go back but mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. to uh, England with the with another uh, another British guy that I, I 
may or may not have kidnapped so, her, but uh, still, so, <laughs> <laughs> it's just saying. Which is in Pocahontas. Pocahontas, Pocahontas two does is does deal with it. Is oh, it really? Walter Raleigh? I think it might be. I think that sounds that sounds right. You know, whatever the tiny details, the fact that she may or may not have gotten kidnapped and taken to London, and then she may or may not have been poisoned to killed. Doesn't matter. Oh Side gosh. note. Yeah, right. I know. Well, and then well, after she you, had but, given baby. Anyways, what this this. <laughs> That wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if the sequel does deal with that because this one, th- three people get shot in this movie. There's a lot of one death. of them dies. This is this is such a, a much more adult and well. Okay, let's just get right into the Katzenberg stuff. If I can just yes. knock that out of the way. Oh yes, quick. please so, do. Uh, TC's Blanking. final Katzenberg moment. Hey, <laughs> this is. This is the this is the end of it here. Um, I'm because sad, the Lion King. Oh well, don't worry. There's there's a coup that happens later <gasps> in about in about ten movies. There's yeah. a coup that happens that uh, will will offer up some interesting points of conversation. Ooh. So I had mentioned this last week. Lion King was the B team. People were jumping off of Lion King, requesting to be put on po- Pocahontas because that was the prestige picture. Katzenberg. He has such high hopes for this initial release that this was regarded, Pocahontas was regarded as the prestige project more than Lion King. And and they even believed that they had a chance of earning another Academy Award nomination. They were checking off boxes because they figured it out. This is the height of their hubris. They were were like, we know how to do this now. We got it all. We got checklists. Which is insane because it's it's like, it, it, first off, you you can't actually they 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 got greedy. Okay, so they got they got they were just super greedy and thought that they could oh, do yeah. this right. Mm-hmm. And and it's insane because when I was watching this movie, because like you like you said like like Lion King was considered the kind of just secondary. Man, it's not gonna be the thing. Like this is gonna Pocahontas be the, is the one. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be the big movie again. And watching these two movies, especially back to back, and knowing that, mm-hmm. the Lion King is such a better film. Even oh, if, yeah, they, even if it, you know, even if you want to be very blunt and be like, it totally rips off Hamlet or you know this or that or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I'm so glad you you said it because I could not remember the name of it. <laughs> but like, even though you you could be blunt and be like, it still rips it off. It's still it's a it's still a well-crafted movie. Like, all together, oh, yeah. Lion King is so much better than this. This is kind of just all over the place and doesn't... It's a weird It's a weird tonal mishmash of ideas here because you have people getting shot and killed mm-hmm. on screen, and then you have Miko the raccoon and Flit the, Flit the hummingbird doing their cutesy little Disney things, and it's this weird juxtaposition of, of tones. And this tonal inconsistency is part of the reason the renaissance comes to the end that it comes to it's 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 uh, lion king is the peak of the renaissance as far as i'm concerned and everything we're going to see following this is missteps or or uh poor attempts to recapture what made those four beating the beast aladdin lion king and little mermaid what they are and part of that is tonal inconsistency you can't have cutesy animal gags and then this, and then murder, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and what it felt like to me while watching it, 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 it actually kind of felt like, oh, these are bits and pieces from different drafts of the script that, like, they obviously tried making it be a very fun, upbeat, cutesy Disney movie, and then they decided, mm-hmm. oh crap, no, it's too happy. We have to make this more serious, and we have to add in more of the the natives in there, and more of the fighting and the war and the killing, and and then people well, like they, forgot they, that they left bits and pieces of that cutesiness 
in the movie. Like that's almost what it felt like. And well, that came from that came from Katzenberg. That because initially the original pitch for this movie was that the natives, Pocahontas's tribe, would only speak their language, and Pocahontas would be the only one who could bridge the language barrier. And Katzenberg said, "No, we can't market that. They need to speak English." Use magic. Figure it out. <laughs> Which is, and see, and that's more of that stuff that kind of just confused me while watching the movie because, I, and, I, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming what it was was, like, because they're all speaking, the natives are speaking English for the, mm-hmm. the first, like, I don't know what, 10 minutes of the movie or so or whatever uh, that length is. I don't know. Time was irrelevant until, <laughs> while watching this movie. Jack Smith shows up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, like, they're all, they're all speaking English and I just went, oh, okay, this, Obviously, I know that they don't, they never did, or they didn't actually speak English like this. They would probably have been speaking their native tongue. And I'm like, all right, whatever. It's a movie. They're just, they're just speaking English. But then when John Smith shows up and Pocahontas speaks in her native tongue, that's the first time that I kind of, I had consciously realized, I went, oh, oh, wait, oh, wait, they they weren't supposed to be speaking English. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is, so then I'm like, oh, so this is a like hunt for the Red October type thing right like i'm assuming that's what we were supposed to be okay so so we were hearing english but they were speaking their native tongue and i'm and i'm like you know what okay and just a side note hunt for red october i felt like did that the best and i know certain other movies have done it in very similar ways where they speak their native tongue for a while with subtitles Mm -hmm. and then they do just a like they do a camera move like in hunt for red october where the camera uh dollies behind a character and then once it gets around the character now they're speaking english but you are to assume they're continuously talking in their native tongue. Like, right, like right. that works. If the if this movie had done something like that, I would have gotten, oh, we're supposed to be hearing their native tongue, <laughs> but that's not what's happening. It just confused it was, me. <laughs> it was, uh, it wasn't as clear. No, <laughs> no. And but then, the, yeah, the, go ahead. <laughs> that idea of wanting to have the natives speak their native tongue. That's a, that's a really ambitious idea. Uh, and there were a lot of ambitious ideas in this movie that, but it was, it was just, it was less successful commercially than Katzenberg and Disney had hoped. This film, it got good reviews and it had a very successful box office, but because the film dealt with way more adult themes and tones, it just didn't appeal to kids. And as, as much as the earlier Disney movies had, and, and it's, it's because they went into it and said, this is the contender. We know how to win awards. This is what we're going to do. And it hit all the marketing things. You have the toys. You have the every the everything but a catchphrase from one of the characters. To tell you the truth, right? I could not, for the life of me, tell you a quote from this movie. I could not tell you a line yeah. of dialogue, even this, even with the the villain and his like handmaiden sidekick. Both <laughs> both uh, uh, so what? Governor Ratcliffe and Wiggins. Wiggins, yes. Uh, both Which voiced, I do have a, a tweet about for later. We'll, okay. Both we'll voiced by David Ogden Stiers. Yes. So the same which actor. Is great. Yeah, which which great, great little <laughs> when that happened, trivia there, yeah. <laughs> when that happened, I went, it's Cogsworth talking to himself right now. Like that's what this is. <laughs> well, he went in for the audition for Radcliffe and he he read the sides to himself. He read the scene to himself instead of whoever was supposed to be reading with him. So he did both voices in the audition <laughs> and they went Oh well, he should just do both, and he does. He does a great job. It, as it, very two distinct, different characterizations vocally. But yep. this movie is not as as memorable as something like Colors of the Wind is, which mm-hmm. we can talk about in a second. Overall, this movie isn't very memorable. I've seen this movie at least twice before within the past ten years. I've seen it twice, and I forgot 
that uh, Kokomo dies. Like I forgot that completely. <laughs> it just goes to show you. I and, and uh, oh yeah, spoilers. Sorry, spoilers. Hey, you know what? This movie's twenty-two years old. If you have not seen it, this movie's able <laughs> to drink. Everybody, okay? It's not our fault if we spoil this. Uh, well, and see, that threw me off. I was not expecting that to happen, and mm-hmm. I kind of sat there watching it, going. Okay, I know I probably should feel sad right now. Yeah, but yeah. I kind of don't because I've I didn't know really who that character was enough to get invested in him. So when they get shot right. and they die, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, that sucks. Like that's he kind had of like my, two my lines of dialogue before before his death. It was, hey, have you seen Pocahontas anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh man, like like making. It, it, had it been like, had it been even Thomas, like the character of Thomas, voiced mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Christian Bale, which guys, gang, ladies, men, children, did not know yeah. that that Christian Bale was in a <laughs> Disney animated movie. You knew Newsies. We I knew Newsies, but I did not know if he you ever an- did a voice. If you want another little fun bit of trivia, he plays Thomas in uh, Terrence Malick's New World, just by pure chance. He plays the same character again. That what? <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. Huh? That is that's insane. <laughs> but see, even a character like Thomas, had he mm-hmm. had been either shot or if it if the roles had been reversed and instead of it being um Kokum that uh, how do you pronounce that? Kokum? Co Co Kokoum. Uh had yeah. it not it had been like the roles reversed <laughs> and, and and the the natives had killed thomas i would have i would have reacted more to thomas being killed because mm, his yeah. character at least had some kind of screen time and kind of development and something not even not okay in all fairness none of the characters in this movie really have development period well, pocahontas kind outside of, of pocahontas john, and john, john a little pocahontas, bit of john smith yeah. yep but like outside of that like nobody really i just i there was there's almost there's almost too many people there's almost too many characters, and yet, and yet, it's hard to remember anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I, See, the, I don't got anything. This this was a very ambitious film, and it, and this actually is part of an idea that, a part of a, something that Walt Disney himself wished he could have done. When Walt Disney saw To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. the um, Gregory Peck movie, yep. Uh, after he left it, he lamented that he wished he could make movies like that. That's the, mo- that's the kind of movies he wished he could make. But because Disney had already established itself as a brand and their success was completely dependent on sticking to their brand, he couldn't go out and try to make more ambitious films. He, At the time, Walt probably would have loved to have seen a movie like Pocahontas, which deals with much more adult themes, which isn't a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would even go so far as to say this isn't necessarily a family film because... And this goes to something we, we usually mention near the end of the episode, which is, would you sit a kid down to watch this? I don't think so. I, don't, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't necessarily think there's enough through the whole picture to hold a kid's attention. I certainly know kids who like this movie. This this does fall into the category of that divisive film where it's a lot of people's favorites and a lot of people forget about it. But in general, this is a more adult film which is something that Walt himself wished he could have done. So I, mm-hmm. I give him complete credit for wanting to do something like that um, because 
there there is something to be had in well, I mean, look at anime. You could look at something like the like uh, Japanese animated films. They, they, most of them aren't kids' films. Those are very adult films, right. and and uh, take it or leave it for for what that is. Part of the part of my disconnect with this film was trying to look at it strictly on its own merits and not not bemoan the the fact that like oh I wish the I wish there was a showstopper song. Oh, I wish there was uh, more fun characters because this is a much more serious film. In in that from that point of view, this movie does succeed on on that that it, it is a more adult film that it tried to it was ambitious to try to to play with more adult themes and whatnot, but it still it still missed a lot of of what makes Disney movies and just animated films in general work. Well, I don't know, I'm, and see, I'm a little conflicted. I'm a little conflicted. And what my issue is is you okay? If they wanted to make a more adult film. Fine, let's do it. Let's make a more adult-themed film. But don't, for the lack of a better term, don't half-ass it. Yeah. I, and, and I, hey, look, I know we don't... We don't no, I'm, sorry, no, I'm sorry that I have to say half-ass on the podcast, by all means. But, like, <laughs> don't, don't, don't go halfway. Go f- you either do it or you, you know, you do it or you don't. The problem is, like, by doing a more adult-themed movie... But they mm-hmm. still have magic, which Grandma Willow, which is a very confusing character, and where this movie, <laughs> like in the world, this movie is trying to deposit itself in. We have a talking tree that yeah, may or may not alone. do magic. <laughs> and then <laughs> actually, yeah. uh, in in watching it, Candace kept pointing out, and all the grandmother Willow scenes, mm-hmm. it's more fun to watch it and, and assume they're tripping on tripping on something see and that's and what like, i thought and I, I have like when john like when john smith sees the tree she's like just imagine he's high right now because <laughs> okay i will she slipped him something I, I i won't lie i wrote i i i did not take a lot of notes for this movie i i did not take mm-hmm. a lot of it and that is one of the only notes i did write down was okay i'm assuming grandma willow is like a mental image it's in pocahontas's <laughs> mind that this is that she's talking to a tree that it's all spiritual it's all in her head like okay if that's the case fine movie we'll move away from that character i like that theory a lot better though <laughs> that, that they're just high <laughs> hey john here touch touch this corn now look at this tree <laughs> 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 but you but you, you hit on something there it's that if you're gonna go for it go for it and yeah. having cutesy Miko and cutesy Flit, which are cu- which are good characters. I really enjoyed the Miko and Percy the dogs right. stuff. Those little vignettes, those are really cute. They have some great physical comedy and physical humor to them. I can appreciate those uh, those moments, but they didn't. They weren't going all in. They were still. They were trying to do. They're trying to appeal to too many people at once, which is a fault of of many of films. If you look at uh, the uh, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is a perfect example of like mm-hmm. you can't appeal to everyone because yep. then the movie suffers. Yep. And and may, this I'm certainly not saying that Pocahontas is anywhere near the level of Phantom Menace. I'm just using that as an example. Well, I mean, in all of, fairness, DC, <laughs> I thought it was kind of weird that at one point when Pocahontas and John Smith got in their pod racer and raced for 25 <laughs> minutes across the country. I think you watched the. You watched the wrong version of this film. I did, but <laughs> you said to watch the special edition. <laughs> <I did. laughs> so the did you watch the one on Netflix? Uh, no, actually. So my version did not have the song in it. Okay, so I I watched the one on Netflix because I knew that 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 would be the one that our listeners would be able to to watch. Mm-hmm. 
and the song is not in there. I did do, I did break out my copy to watch that song, and the the strange thing is the song this it's a love song between it's called If I Never Knew You, and it's okay. a very very beautiful song between Pocahontas and John when he's tied up after they the the natives have captured him, she sneaks into his in into where he's being held prisoner, and they sing to each other. It's a very beautiful song, and it and they they did animate it after the fact. So you can tell, mm-hmm. uh, but they they essentially do flashbacks to their whole time together, using animation like crossfades and whatnot. Well, that's cheap. And <laughs> it, it, well, no, no, and they did have new animation as well. Oh, but okay. the thing is, that song was cut from the film. Mm-hmm. It has a repri- a reprise, and the theme of Pocahontas and John is that song through the whole damn movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> So it's very strange. It's like, oh, all the 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 motif of this song is throughout the film, but you never get the song. You never get the complete picture because the song was yeah. taken out. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, yeah. I I I I need to hear that. Well, because there there is a like the the nineties R and B love ballad version during the end credits, right? Is that not yeah. what plays during yes. the end credits? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. If I never knew you, and it's a very it's a very powerful moment and it helps build that final piece of the puzzle before she sacrifices like throws herself down on him before he's his head's bashed in uh and it's it's well they weren't gonna chop his head off that thing was a rock that's true yeah that was that was a Uh, very blunt object that was going to (laughs) suck let's just say that right now (laughs) yeah that was gonna take more than one hit um the now we're we're being really hard on this film this movie is gorgeous. Oh man, that this is... movie. Uh, I want to move away from just just criticizing it because this movie is insanely beautiful. And let's let's start from the root here. Glenn Keane, who I've mentioned many a times on this mm-hmm. podcast, as one of the the most important animators, like one of the most single important single important animators to the the Disney Library. The he character designed every character in this movie. So what we're seeing is practically. The purest form of Glenn Keane design work <laughs> that you can see of all these films. So the design work is beautiful, but the color palette of this film is insane. It's I just from the first few shots, I could not believe the amount of colors that were in this movie. And that's the one yeah. thing that I get. I, I like. I I came away appreciating, and that's my second note that I I made was just how gorgeous the entire thing is, and that. Then all I could think of is that, oh, they spent all of their time making this movie look <laughs> pretty. That was their focus. You know, and, and, and unfortunately, even with a even with a, a movie that it has what like it has like twenty five different people attached to the writing of this, you know, three yeah, are only <laughs> three, three are only credited online. Oh granted, I can't I can't talk down about that because any of the movies that we have watched um, all the way back to Beauty and the Beast have at least like 10 writers attached to it. Like that's just what a Disney movie does during the yeah. rena- the new Renaissance era. But either way... It's part of the machine. It's part of the machine. Either way, it's still, it's a, oh man, it is beautiful. And again, that the colors of the wind section, the section between the music and the visuals is just fantastic like i just i love yeah, it all I, it was so great. I, I don't recall if you said it off mic or if you said it in the past 20 minutes but oh. that colors of the wind is so moving oh. of a section that is the 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 best portion of the entire film is singing that that beautiful science i love the 
there's a very uh, there's a, a couple moments of it looks like chalk animation as opposed to the the hardline animation that we get. And it's a it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful piece of the of the entire film. It's it is and, and it, yeah. I'm sorry. I cannot remember if I said it off mic or if I said it on air. If I didn't say it on air, yes, I I. I I reached that point in the movie and it didn't matter what my thought was or, you know, where I was mentally, you know, whether I wasn't enjoying this movie or not. I reached that point. And I just went, dang, like I yeah. actually, it gave it. I had an emotional response. Like I actually kind of teared up a little bit cause I went, this is so gorgeous. This is just beautiful. It's, and, and not just the we visualizations the of it, <laughs> not just the visualizations of Colors of the Wind, but even the message behind it. Because there's the whole scene before it, leading up to the song, mm-hmm. where he's talking about, "Oh, you're a savage. We're gonna we're gonna teach you how to do things right." And she's she's offended, and he's like, "Oh no, I don't mean anything by that. I just mean we know better than you. Yeah, <laughs> everything that you need to know about manifest destiny is in that scene and that song. <laughs> and it's and it's a it's a very powerful." moment um in everything i think the movie wishes it was is presented in that conversation and that song of Mm -hmm. his complete white man attitude towards the savages and her offense to that and opening his eyes to hey guess what you're you're wrong your closed mind your narrow view of the world is wrong you will never know all these things if you just keep thinking this one way open your freaking mind yep and that's that number and that scene and that dialogue and all that those lyrics are so poignant and so powerful still poignant to this day sadly still very <laughs> poignant to this day yeah uh, there's there's a couple moments in this movie that's just for the state of affairs that we continue to cycle back to in this world and in, in our in our country itself that hit really close to home i mean how uh when um thomas he's 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 this young guy, he's he's uh, wants to adventure, but and he's a poor shot. And Radcliffe says, uh, uh, "What was it? I wrote this down because I was like, geez, man, that is a very American <laughs> statement. Um, uh, a man, a man's not a man until he knows how to shoot." <laughs> wow, right? that does that feels so American <laughs> right there. Holy and cow! It's, it's and and uh, the this. Once both sides, once two sides want to fight, nothing can stop them, and that's that is so powerful of a statement. And it's it's a shame that this movie still plays on so many stereotypes of colonialism mm-hmm. and Native American culture. That those those great powerful statements are lost in the stereotyping of <laughs> the hey the white man savior hey you know like it's it's a it's it's not a fine line to walk. It's a very clear line to walk, and people cross over it to the wrong side of it all the time. And the 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 sad thing is, though this is kind of the end of Hollywood continuing to go back to colonialism, mm-hmm. it's not the end because you get something like Avatar, which is uh, you know, dances with Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> that movie would have been so much better, first off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's it is it's this colonialism manifest destiny the oh the savages and the the white man savior who comes in and that and that tr- that con- that very cliche tropey storytelling technique is uh, it's not this this may seem like an odd comparison to to a way it's done well mm-hmm. is west side story west side story is obviously romeo and juliet's and pocahontas as we just watched it was very twisted into a romeo and juliet tale mm-hmm. 
West, West Side Story presents the two different cultures clashing um, uh, around the story of, of a love story uh, really well. I, I, I think someone may, may disagree with me on that, but in the stereotypical fashion of Native Americans and, and the culture clash and the, the white man perspective of Pocahontas and Avatar and Dances with Wolves, I think West Side Story presents that in a much more, uh, a, a better way. It's, it's just better. Um, mm-hmm. An odd no, comparison, maybe, that. that I'm comparing to. But hey, it's a musical, and it's about a, a white kind of a, a brown girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> I had nothing to go off of that one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was trying so hard to rack my brain and go, so I didn't, I, I had nothing. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a comparison. <laughs> we'll go with that, yeah. Well, I, I do, yeah. I, I, like I said, I... This movie was just, it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know what I expected going into it. I don't know what it was that I wanted out of it um, because I couldn't remember where it was going. And and now we definitely are in that, the era of these Disney movies that I I remember seeing this. And then I I know for a fact I did not watch any of the other ones that followed after this. Because I was yeah, just, okay. I was out. I was out of it because I had, I had my Beauty <laughs> this, and the Beast. I had my Aladdin. I had my Lion King even. And even though I wasn't a huge fan of the Lion King growing up, I still watched it. And I remember mm-hmm. hitting Pocahontas and just being like, oh, okay. And then Hunchback, don't even, I, yeah. So like. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> that's, for, that's for another time. That's for another time, another week, next week. Uh, but like, I, I, this was definitely the, the, the movie that I remember just being like, oh, okay. Okay, these are not these aren't for me anymore. Apparently, yeah, it's 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 disappointing because Pocahontas I think is a very a very cool character. It's great to see um, a, a, a female lead uh, that is a person of color. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a great uh, um, time and era. It's a great backdrop to place a story in. Um, and we'll get more. We'll get more um, native cultures, pre-colonialism, from a couple other movies down the road, like Brother Bear and Emperor's New Groove and Mulan. Um, but as far as this one's concerned, it's a it's a cool backdrop. It's a very beautiful film. Uh, it's got a great. You know what? I I like Radcliffe as a villain in so much as he's such on the nose. He's, he's such a villain. I think it's because I think what makes him so villainous is like, dang, this is just too real, man. Right, right. It's there's there's no hiding it. He is just sitting there going, gold. I want the gold. I will be rich. Yeah. I'll give anything. I'll have all that it's notified that I want because I'll be rich and I want the gold and give me the gold because I'm an evil guy because I want the gold. Like that's all that it is. And that is uh, pretty historically accurate to maybe not necessarily the the English explorers more than it is the Spaniard explorers the Spanish mm-hmm. explorers like Cortez which he mentions Cortez's gold at the beginning of the dig 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 song um and uh and the the attitude of coming to the new world searching for gold was more Spanish than than British but it still was really Radcliffe was portraying a rather realistic villain <laughs> which and David Ogden steers does a Great vocal performance, which we we've already mentioned. Oh yes, oh man, he 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 plays the like I said, he plays the 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 character of I just want the money 
I just want the gold. Is, I want to be rich. Is he the greediest? Is he the greediest villain we've seen so far? I think he's the most <laughs> openly greedy villain we've seen so far. I mean, we we get we get. I feel like a lot of our villains do come off as wanting more power or wanting you know they want they want this they want you know they want to be the they want to be rich they want to be this or Jafar I want I want to have power I want to have absolute the power, power. Yes. like yeah. Jafar is probably the closest we get to it. Yeah, yeah, but he's Where power it's, hungry. He's but he's not, power hungry. He's not he's riches not, hungry. Right. So yeah. Radcliffe is our, he's our, yeah, he's our greediest, just general greediest and not general <laughs> grievous. Or maybe maybe General Grievous was in this movie. I recall this character while Pocahontas mm-hmm. and Again, John Smith you watched were, the wrong edition of this movie. I feel like it was the correct one. I mean, it had an opening scroll. So, <laughs> you know, actually, this this movie opened very similarly to Sleeping Beauty. Yes, with the the choir singing and the pictures of colonial England, uh, it felt very much like Sword in the Stone and Sleeping Beauty in its in its intro. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then we proceed to the cold open of John Smith, hero. <laughs> <laughs> this is the character you're gonna want in done by because we haven't mentioned it, voiced by Mel Gibson. That's doing right. yep. the most iffy voice <laughs> accent. Now, okay, now I'm well aware. Okay, everybody. Okay, okay. We all know this. Mel Gibson is American-born, but he moved mm-hmm. to Australia when he was very little, and he lived in Australia for years, which is why he had an Australian accent, and he got rid of his Australian accent once Mad Max and all that stuff had happened, and he came back over. I don't know mm-hmm. what accent he does, but whatever accent he does in this movie, he only does it for like half the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, his his vocal performance doesn't bother me. He does a he does a fine job. He's yeah, not he does doing, a fine he, job. It's not a terrible. It's a uh, how many how many natives do you think he's murdered? Because he's pretty proud of the fact that he's like, I'll take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is not his first rodeo. This man has killed no, a lot no. of natives it, before. In, in fact, if uh, if he hadn't. If he hadn't lifted his gun through the waterfall and pointed at a beautiful Pocahontas, he definitely would have killed her. <laughs> definitely. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just because just, there's like two two remarks. I'm like, oh, John Smith will take care of him. It's like, oh, this ain't my first rodeo. I, he doesn't say that, obviously, but it's uh, it's implied that he's a... Uh, He's a little. He's a. He's a killer. He 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 might have killed one or two individuals in his day. Yeah. But you know what's more important than that, TC? What's it? Of all the movies that we have watched <laughs> so far, uh, we were. Come on, everybody at home knew we were going with that. Come on, come on. Don't yeah. tell me you were surprised. <laughs> um, but of all the movies that we've watched, TC, I want you to tell me where you place it on your list. Now we've only watched. This is our third. Third, yeah. In yeah. this, in our new uh, series of ten, uh, mm-hmm. do we need to explain the, the, the list of ten again, or are we still okay? Yeah, uh, if, if this is your first listening, what we're doing is we're breaking up the movies in ten so that we can rank them one through ten. Once we're done with this entire series, we will rank our ones in a proper order. Uh, I wanted this... you to, I wanted you to have to say that because you're the one that always says that and you'd say it so well. So <laughs> please, CC. Oh, thank you very you, much. You're welcome. I, uh, where do you first rank... off? Be, first <laughs> off, because I always get a nice preamble before I rank it. Actually, it won't be any surprise where either of us are putting this. Mm. I want to say that we did get a, I did a, get a few tweets and a couple reactions on the Facebook page where we we post every episode before we were going to record. So if mm. you want to ask us any questions, you can go to facebook.com/topshelfpod. I uh, did get a couple reactions about our ranking of Lion King underneath Aladdin. And I want to reiterate just how close oh, those yes. two movies were. And that it was not, it was not a, it was not 
by a, a large margin. It was a very, very thin margin that we that I put Aladdin over Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, I'm speaking for Jeff as well that, that I know that this it wasn't number one with the bullets that Aladdin stayed there. All right. Um, so I just wanted to, just wanted to reiterate that for those people who were shocked that we didn't put Aladdin underneath Lion King because yeah, those both those movies are just incredible in different ways. Uh, that being said, Pocahontas is number three right now. <laughs> it's still a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. This movie is yes. so pretty, and and getting to watch it on my my big screen plasma in high def on Netflix. Oh, we get it. We was... get it. TC, you have a plasma yeah. TV, and you're all high def and modern. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, really, it so much more so than some of the other movies we've we've watched in the series that. Many of the movies we've watched have aged very, very well, um, and seeing this one up on the big on the biggest screen I have available to me at this point in time is great. It's such a beautiful, beautiful film. But in the grand scheme of things, because of that tonal inconsistency, because of the characters just not being all that memorable, of only having well, just around the river bend is a memorable song, but color of the colors of the wind being being the only truly memorable moment of this whole film. It's number three, and uh, I, I will throw it to Jeff to say the same thing. So mine is number. <laughs> that you know what? Yes, that is that is yes. TC, what everything TC said, ditto. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, that that's and that's that's the struggle. The struggle is whenever I rank any of the movies personally, it's trying to figure out exactly why I don't want it to be a oh I hate it. I just didn't enjoy myself so this is number 10 I don't care like it's not mm-hmm. that it's it's got to be for a reason and yes I can and it's, it's whoa sorry I just I'm so angry I'm knocking my microphone around uh, no gesturing um, wildly I am gesturing my hands are waving above me right now as I say this uh no but like it, it, like just like what TC said even even with something as as fantastic as Colors of the Wind and how pretty it looks, it, that I cannot go. Well, it's got to be number two because of that. I, it, I a movie will not get a, a higher ranking for one moment in it, mm-hmm. you know, because I got to look at it overall. And overall, for me, there's a lot of stuff that's just tonally all over the place, and I cannot justify ranking it any higher than number three. And it's gonna be interesting. I, so yes, I agree. Number three for me as well. It's going to be interesting to see where things land as we go forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering where this will stay uh, as we proceed through this set of ten in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, Pocahontas is a again, it's such a beautiful film. I think really the it feels very stage theater theatrically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more so than Beauty and the Beast, which I did credit saying, or I did point to the fact that it, is, it feels much more of a the- theatrical production. This one, and it might be because Alan Menken, uh, he did do, uh, who did he, he wrote the music with someone on this Steven, one. But, uh, Steven um, Schwartz, the guy who Steven wrote Schwartz, yeah, there you go. Godspell. Steven and... Schwartz, yeah, is a, is a legendary Broadway Wicked. Uh, musical writer. <laughs> uh, so the fact that these two very, very competent Broadway musicians, composers, mm-hmm. craft the, the tone and feel of this film, I think that's why it feels so theater. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that as an observation that uh, a lot of the performances feel a little too larger than they should. Right. Uh, Pocahontas herself, who again, I do want to credit and say is a, a wonderful character. 
some of her delivery and her lines feels very plain to the back row. <laughs> right, right. And she she definitely does have the the standing stance of a of a of a theater performer where it's just very like chest out, head up, arms back and kind of just very, like very good posture. Yeah, good posture it's, and uh, singing out into the distance and kind of turning <laughs> you can't see what I'm doing, but like turning her head and like look yeah, she just felt very mm-hmm. thematic, very theatrical. Yeah, I, and and Radcliffe being this wonderful over the top villain, he's just such a, a, a pale comparison to Scar and Jafar and Ursula to follow those those three, mm-hmm. um, and Gaston even. I, he he does he does feel more like Gaston than than the the other three villains I mentioned, but I don't know. It, it maybe little things. It's again going to going to that whole if they had gone all in one way or the other maybe this movie could have been enhanced, right? Like, there's no showstopper. I think the closest you could say to a showstopper song would be Dig, which is also the villain song. And that's that's a... I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the I don't know is exactly where I feel right now as well. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know with this movie. Yeah, right? I, Unfortunate. I, what, like, would you would you put the put the kids down in front of this? I already made my feelings about it that I don't feel that this necessarily is a movie you should you could sit a kid down in front of. However, I don't know. Maybe a, an an adolescent girl. Uh, I'm not an adolescent girl. Uh, I don't know if you are, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Last I checked, might, <laughs> might find more joy in a movie like this than than we're finding because it's such a strong uh, strong female protagonist, right? Um, I and, and and meanwhile here I'm <clears throat> I I don't think I would like like and I I always go back to thinking of my sister you know like trying to think of like or sorry not my sister my nieces and being mm-hmm. like okay would I would I sit down with my nieces and watch this movie uh, and I I I wouldn't I, there's nothing I just it's like you said earlier <laughs> it, there's not a lot to it to, in in my head that would keep a modern kid's attention. Um, mm-hmm. and even so, even if you were like, well, I'm going to watch, I'm going to show them this movie because of a, of its, of, of the, the story it tells or the, the historic, the history of the character Pocahontas, you still have to sit there and go, well, actually that wasn't real. That wasn't <laughs> like, and now it's just, now it's confusing because now you're yeah. trying to be like, well, it's based on history. There really was a Pocahontas, but here's all the things that were wrong about the movie. And you can't, then at that point, mm-hmm. why are you even bothering? You might as well sit them down that, in front of an actual documentary about Pocahontas because it's probably and just bore them ex- to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's why I think that this might work more for a tween in terms of of maybe that's that that would be a good audience for this to start there because you could engage in conversation like your teacher did back in elementary school that played the movie and then had an hour and a half conversation about its inaccuracies. <laughs> exactly. Something that I don't know if this falls falls into the tropes of Disney or whatnot, but. Something that dawned on me on this that we've seen more than once is Disney trying to tell us that a girl getting married is the end of her life of dreaming because we've had that a couple times now where like Jasmine being forced to marriage, into marriage or uh, uh, Aurora, uh, you're going to get married and that, that'll be the end of it. You mm-hmm. get married and that's it. And uh, <laughs> that that so strongly is Pocahontas' feeling this that it, it it verges on being a trope, and I don't. I can't think offhand if we get that anymore after this. 
actually no, there's one one movie in particular that we'll we'll get to that that plays with that idea of but i just feel like disney has had this message more than once to the girls out there is like either a if you get married you can you have to stop dreaming just give up all your dreams <laughs> because you belong to this man now or uh or maybe it's more like hey you can you got to find love Mar- marry fall in love and marry for the right reasons which is a great lesson to mm-hmm. say yes yeah but uh, I do feel like there's this weird message being being said more than once in some of these movies of like, hey, once this happens, you're done. That's it, guys. <laughs> Sorry. It's all she wrote. Just pack it all up and go home. <laughs> and get, get, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, so, TC, was there any comments on the Facebook or on Twitter that you may have received regarding this film or last week's movie? Yes, yes, I, I do have. I do have a couple comments to hit, and one fun theory that Ooh. was that was commented to us. So first off, uh, we got uh, Facebook.com/slash/TopShelfPod. Again, you can you can comment there uh, before we record or once this episode is up. We'd love to hear your reactions. We have a comment from Chris Schulz and uh, asking, you know, if you have any thoughts about Pocahontas. He's, oh, you mean that 11-year-old or so and Mel Gibson? <laughs> I think this is where the songs went downhill, just not as good in my opinion. Mm. And uh, yes, the original Pocahontas was 12. Uh, this Pocahontas is 18, so she's perfectly legal. <laughs> perfectly legal, guys. She, she's a woman. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. She's a woman. She's a woman. And uh, real quick, because we never mentioned it, with the most insane hair of mm. any of our villains, whoever was in ta- was whoever was tasked with animating her hair in this movie. Not, right, not villains, but heroes. Yes. Yeah, just insane, insane hair. That's all I'm saying. Well, well done. I mean, yes, the yes, the the it's you got to give it to tip the hat to Glenn Keane for yep. his design work on yep. all these characters. Her hair is very. It's like its own well character. It's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's part of the beauty of this film. Uh, and so Schulze says he thinks this is where the songs go downhill. Uh, yeah, I, I just, in general, because of the four pictures we've had leading up to this being the legendary films they are, mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough, it's going to be tough to, to, to hit, hit that peak again. But I will say there are some songs that we are going to get that are quite good. And Colors of the Wind really is a good song. Just Around the River Bend is a really good song. So uh, thank you for your comment, Schulze. Uh, Wyatt comments in with Pocahontas is the first film in the lineup where I can't understand why they thought it would be a good idea to turn it into a feature film. It often bothers me that when people can... Uh, that when people consider Pocahontas to be a fairy tale, since she is represented in the Disney Princess franchise, Color of the Wind is a good, Colors of the Wind is a good song, but the rest I tend to forget. Not to be negative, but I just don't like the film. Wyatt, obviously, you are not alone in feeling nope. this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's worth mentioning the the Disney princesses, the coronated, the crowned Disney princesses. Now, technically, Pocahontas is a princess because she's the daughter of the chief. So I don't know if princess is the right term for that, but right. she's the daughter of the leader of the tribe. The The Disney princesses, it's an interesting title that they officially give characters. So, for example, uh, 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 Mulan is a, a, a coronated, a crowned Disney princess. They, Though they may not be princesses in their films, Disney will do coronation ceremonies for their heroines and officially crown them Disney princesses. So when you see the lineup of 
quote unquote Disney princesses, they're not lining those characters up and saying they were princesses in their films. They have officially crowned them as princesses in the Disney pantheon. So there's just a little fun fact about when you see characters on that list that weren't princesses in their films. That makes a lot more sense, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And, all right, uh, well, I do have a comment just from my offhand comment. Um, That was Jim Cummings singing, wasn't it? Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Cummings, he actually did two different songs, or he did two different voices in this movie. The the chief and the, the elder chief. Yep. He sang both of them, and he sings them back to back in in the Savages song. <laughs> like that's Jim Cummings twice. <laughs> yep, um, yep, but, that's Jim Cummings. Now, see, now, now that you got the ear for it, now it's yeah, all you're going to be able to hear. Uh, before I hit the other comment here in the theory, were there any firsts or tropes you wanted to hit up on? None that I had for for this week, unfortunately. Barefoot protagonists. That's true. That would be true. Yeah. A bear, but yeah. like, there's no villain that felt his death. I guess the villain had an animal sidekick. I guess you could argue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, yeah. I guess the the, fee, the 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 protagonist had a uh, uh, an mm-hmm. animal sidekick as well. But <laughs> yes, that was. I did. Well, I, yeah. I unfortunately did not find many for this week's episode. All right. Well, we do have a great theory here. So this is a comment from Candace. So because David Augensteers voices Radcliffe. And Wiggins, do you think that Wiggins is a figment of Radcliffe's imagination? Hmm. Now, so she commented on that before I watched the movie. And you know what? Hmm. No one interacts with Wiggins. I was just going to ask. Radcliffe. I was just going to ask. I don't, rec- I, I don't recall anybody else talking <laughs> to him in the entire movie. Not one person. So after she said that, I was like waiting. I'm like, someone's going to talk to him. He's going to interact with something that someone else touches. No, not once. So I think that theory holds water. That Wiggins is a delusion of Radcliffe. Interesting. (laughs) So now when you watch this movie, Pocahontas is tripping balls when she's uh, looking at Grandmother Willow. And Wiggins is Tyler Durden. Okay, in all fairness, maybe I should have thought of these or heard of these theories before I watched the movie. I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. That's it. Yeah, that that'll that once she mentioned that, I was like, huh, that's that's something to think about. And as the movie progressed, I'm like, no one's talking to this guy. He doesn't exist. <laughs> fascinating theory i yep, i yep. i give that the top shelf stamp of approval <laughs> seal of approval and yep i i am okay with this theory i don't care what anybody else has to say about it i think that's a great theory <laughs> <laughs> makes for a more enjoyable movie <laughs> i agree concur concur awesome uh but that that looks like i'm just gonna check twitter real quick see if any um comments came in last minute here and I don't see anything else. Okay. So there we go. Um, All right. Man, well, obviously, that, that obviously, overall, just Pocahontas wasn't a fantastic movie. There was definitely, there was definitely uh, 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 some pluses to it. There was some, there was a couple of good songs. There was a beautiful anime, gorgeously animated the entire way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, uh, yeah, unfortunately, wasn't the the greatest. Overall, and uh, I'm I'm very excited. However, I'm very excited for next week's movie. What's next week? Well, What's next, next week? week's movie, or next time, just in case for some reason 
were not able to record for whatever reason. Uh, the next time this movie is The Hunchback of Notre Dame from 1996. Ah, uh, yes. Fully, fully in the movies I've never seen before. I know nothing about this movie. I, I don't okay. know. Except for the fact that I know it's about The Hunchback. I know the concept <laughs> of the movie. I just, I don't know what to expect out of it at all. Okay, and I, that's exciting for me. I'm excited that we, that I get to experience these films with you for the first time. Because mm-hmm. I, like I've mentioned more than once, I've seen all these. I might not remember certain things, such as <laughs> the death, <laughs> the shooting to death that happened in Pocahontas. <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's fun to go back to these and, and rewatch them. So I'm excited that this will be your first experience with Hunchback. I'm curious to see where this falls on a lot of people's radars because this was the movie, Hunchback, I had feelings about when I was younger. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll touch on that next week. So... Um, yeah, that's. I think that does it for this episode. This I is think, much shorter than we've we've. <laughs> I know. I, think I know. We've said everything we had to say. <laughs> I kept. I kept looking at the time, and I'm like, you know what, guys? Uh, yeah, this is going to. This is just going to be a shorter episode. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We're allowed to have those every once in a while, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right, TC. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'll look forward to talking about The Hunchback next week. I hope everybody tunes mm-hmm, in. Thanks, mm-hmm. everybody, again for listening every single week and leaving the comments on all the social medias for TC to find. Uh, um, I am yes. greatly <laughs> I am greatly saddened, and I'm sorry, I because I, I don't spend a lot of time on social media lately, but I'm greatly saddened to, uh, to when I found out that uh, the voice of Rafiki had died, had just passed away. Yes, like, literally just after just, we finished recording. Oh, man alive. I'm, that's so sad because I liked, I liked Benson. Come on, guys. Yes, Benson. Ah, oh, uh, sorry. Anyway, so uh, well, not no, to end on a actually, sad note. <laughs> that, that, that would be a comment that we did get last week was that uh, we unfortunately because he passed away after we recorded, we didn't get to talk about him. And Rafiki, if you want to talk about it real quick, Rafiki as a character in Lion King is great. So we did oh, mention that maybe he's it. just a crazy old coot running around going, <laughs> "Are you Simba? Are you Simba?" <laughs> <laughs> Ha-ha! And then um, uh, he's just bashing a bunch of people over the head the entire yeah. time. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's sad that he has passed away. A good long life. Um, mm-hmm. An actor who, who made his mark in pop culture in his own way. Maybe not a household name to you, uh, to any of you listeners, but um, yeah, that, that was a sad loss and very timely to, to our episode. Yes. Um, so... Well, I'm so glad that I could bring everybody down at the end of this week's episode. So with that, well, here, let, everybody. Let, let me finish it off here. You can Twitter you can Twitter paid at me at TC's Big Head. You can hit Jeff up at Random Bell. If you're listening to this at ghosthead.net or if you're watching it, listening on Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Pod or iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or anywhere you're listening to this, feel free to comment us at us. Let us know what you think about this. Uh, we appreciate all the, the feedback we get and the engagement you guys give us. Um, so we thank you for all of that. With that said, I'm TC. I'm Jeff. Jeff. Hi. <laughs> this, this was a podcast. Yes. We were the people you were listening to. Uh-huh. This is a sign-off. Ah, uh, see, we got it. You didn't need to write it down. Nailed we, it. Nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed it. You totally <laughs> read that off a piece of paper, like, in front of you, right? I did not. Oh, okay. I did not. <laughs> off the top of my head, I just remembered it. <laughs> awesome. See you next week, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> this has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. I like the ending.